The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are now about to take a journey with professional advisors Ken Smith and Ethan Broga on Empirical Investing Radio. To connect with Empirical Investing Radio, please call 1-866-472-5790. Fasten your seatbelts. You're going to need them. Just because the hosts have a sense of humor does not mean their advice won't change your life. Good afternoon and welcome to Empirical Investing Radio. I'm Ken Smith. Your host, and sitting next to me is my co-host, Ethan Broga. Good afternoon, Ethan. Hey, Ken. This show is designed to share with you prudent investing and financial planning ideas to help you make a lifetime of smarter financial decisions. We want to help you preserve and grow the capital you have worked hard to build. Today on the show, Ethan, I thought we could uh, talk a little bit about the start the show with a little discussion of the uh, amazing bounce back in the uh, market. Maybe go over a few of the different sure. investment asset classes Sounds and then good. talk a little bit about an article uh, that was printed in Bloomberg about the results from futures funds that have grown uh, wildly popular after the um, last two market declines and uh, definitely broker brokerage companies were pushing these very heavily and we'll see how they've done over the last decade and talk about that. All right. How, how would that be? I think it sounds great. You'd like it. Before we get into that, and any other, uh, by the way, any other financial planning tips you have, Ethan, as we are into the last quarter of the year, we last showed to talked about, began to talk about some strategies that can be implemented um, before we get to the end of this year, 2013. Right, right. Before we do all of that, why don't you go ahead and give out our contact information? Of course. And share with our listeners how we may be able to help them further advance their financial pursuits. <laughs> All right, very good. Were. Well, first things first, if you'd like to join the show today, you, you can feel free to give us a call or shoot us love to. an email. We can be reached at contact at empiradio.com or here in the uh, downtown Empirical Towers at 866-472-5790. And if you're an individual investor out there, uh, perhaps you're looking just for a second opinion on how, how your portfolio was set up, uh, or perhaps you have more more pressing issues as well, perhaps retirement, uh, taxes, how all those things integrate together. Uh, we'd love to spend an hour or so just talking about your situation and get to know you a bit and see what we can come up with in terms of advice in those areas. And just to remind everybody, that is one of our specialties here at Empirical, where we take a lot of pride in, in the way we coordinate our investment advice among the different areas of your financial life, including retirement, taxes, and investments. So give us a call. Uh, number here is 206 923 Seven four, and feel free to ask for Ken or Ethan. Oh, and hey, Ken. By the way, yes. I wanted to mention we are going to have a uh, a uh, six secrets of retirement seminar coming up in October. It's going to be Saturday, October twenty sixth, at the Edmonds Conference Center. If you'd like to make a reservation, it's it's free uh, for anybody who wants to attend. 
and learn about the six secrets of retirement success, feel free to go to our website and sign up. We'd love to have you there. And who would be the right person for that, Ethan? Who, who's a good candidate to attend your six secrets of retirement success? Yeah, generally it's folks uh, entering or, or near or, or in retirement, I would say usually between the ages of 55 and 75. Usually the folks in that, that age zone have the uh, the appropriate things going on in their life that uh, this seminar covers very well. That's good to know. And one other question, Ethan. Are you presenting that in a webinar? I mean, we're trying to help people wherever they're at, all over the country. Mm-hmm. So if someone's in, uh, new, some of our clients in New York City, for example, uh, how might they participate in that? I know you have a general overview on our website, mm-hmm. the Empirical. You can go to empirical.net. Right. But uh, do you do? Are, will you be doing a webinar at some point? Can we put that out? Yes, actually, that's a good idea. A web uh, hosted webinar. That's a fantastic webinar. idea. Yes, we certainly can do that. Uh, okay. We haven't set it up yet. The, right now, there is an older version of the what we call Five Secrets of Retirement Success. We uh, added an additional secret. That's right, in the last year or so. Uh, that currently, that video is currently on our website now and uh, is uh, is available along with our our uh, our workbook that goes along with that same presentation. I'm working on updating the materials currently and, and working on posting those to our web website. But I think it's a good idea, Ken. We can certainly have live webinars invite folks yeah. to, 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 to tune in and talk uh, with me live as we go over. That'd be fantastic. Seminar together. So we'll, okay. we'll get that working here in the future. And you mentioned individual investors, but we also, the, we t- talk frequently on the program about our investment philosophy and strategy and the way we're trying to enhance the investment experience of, of our clients. We also can help in the form of managing a charitable or foundation account. Right, true, we can right, help you in terms of managing um, a 401k program for your employees. So those mm-hmm. are all things that we're happy and very well qualified to do. So please let us know if we can help in that way. We're always happy to give you a free evaluation of what you're currently doing and um, give you ideas on how you can improve it with or without working with Empirical. And I think that's the objective you've been doing with your educational seminars on the secrets of retirement success. The idea here is to make people aware of things that we don't see them currently engaging in that have substantial value over the course of their Mm -hmm. entire retirement horizon can have a substantial impact. And most of the things that you go through, Ethan, don't take an incredibly technical level of knowledge once you've you've shared them Mm -hmm. uh, or they're not incredibly difficult, but they do require discipline and a very well thought out and orchestrated, coordinated plan. That's right. And I think that's we're making you aware of the things that can you can do to enhance and uh, increase your lifestyle throughout retirement. Uh, another part of that that I have been spending a lot of time meeting with people and talking about and presenting, and Simon and I have been working on a program to illustrate this better, but. How you can be very comfortable in your withdrawal strategy. I think that's a key issue that people need to get a handle on in that particular age group that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Uh, For younger investors out there, the key is how am I, what steps am I taking now to enhance my retirement when I do get to that point? And how much am I saving? Is it being invested in the best way possible? And there are a lot of factors to think about when you're doing that because you want 
I would assume you want every dollar that you're putting away to be maximized or optimized. So you either have more or you can retire earlier or you become financially independent as early as possible. And the decisions that you make in all the different categories of investing uh, may have a major impact on the determination. And the interesting thing, Ethan, I met with a individual couple the other day that made some very wise choices earlier on, uh, and because of that, are in a very uh, a very good place throughout in their retirement. They have a lot of choices. They have uh, the ability because money in itself is not is not going to make you happy, Ethan. I don't know if you knew that. I've heard that before. Um, you know what I mean? I think I do. You know? Well said. But but given your your objectives, right? It, you let's assume you're a well balanced individual, and we're really making a stretch here. <laughs> <laughs> we're really stretching it, Ethan. That's pretty funny. But if I'm gonna, if I was to assume that. Um, it 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 knowing that you've made the best possible decisions, and sometimes even when you do, things don't always work out perfectly. That's why you you want to take advantage of every opportunity you have, so that when the unexpected does occur, you weren't relying on everything to fall 100. percent You weren't relying on the fact that we had a raging bull market, the likes of which we've never seen before in history in order for you to be able to retire at a reasonable age right, and right, support right. yourself. I wouldn't want to build my financial program around that. Right. And all too many of the things that I hear on a lot of in the media or the financial media or other radio pro- they're very marginal, on-the-fringe things that um, really don't have the impact that other decisions would have. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm, I mean? I think uh, so. So whether or not you should pay off your $500 credit card bill that has a 19% interest rate. Um, you know, I, don't, I, I think that's a, a reasonable thing to talk about, and I, I hear that a lot of these parts. But ultimately, to me, that seems very obvious that you should do that. It's the other very major decisions that you're making that compounded over a long period of time can have a, a very influential impact on what the difference is in retirement. Mm-hmm. So the way you invest, decisions on what vehicles you choose, whether you're using a Roth or a traditional IRA or a taxable account, how you're saving for your kid children's college, and how you're coordinating all that with your personal tax situation. Yeah, an investment uh, situation. Exactly. Much bigger issues, I think. I, I agree with you. Okay, that being said, Ethan, we had an amazing day in the market here. Um, the Dow Jones Industrial Average soared if I might take a page from the media, soared and catapulted, hurled past uh, one of the biggest advances in stocks, I think, since this past January. Wow. Uh, Now, we've had pretty significant declines here recently, so I'm not as excited as Simon there would lead us to believe. But it is pretty amazing uh, to see it increase 2.2% in one day. Yeah, it's big time. um, All based on some hopes that uh, the government will come to an agreement. We'll get this debt ceiling issue handled without putting our country into some sort of a default and uh, hopefully get the government back open for business in all of its, in all of its areas. Um, 
Yeah, one, one biggest one day one day point gain for the Dow since December of 2011. Really? Wow. The uh, S&P jumped 36.16 points, which is about 2.2%. Um, NASDAQ jumped 2.3%. And uh, the uh, rally returned the S&P back to levels uh, before the government entered its first shutdown. 17 years um, on October 1st, huh. and political impasse endangered the, comp- the country's ability to borrow. So that puts us year-to-date, Ethan, on the S&P. We are up about uh, close to 19% for the year again. Wow. Not too shabby. Yeah. Um, not too shabby at all. Small companies, um, Small company growth up thirty point nine two percent, and small value up twenty one point eight nine. Mm-hmm. The EFA index up about twelve point seven three, almost thirteen percent. And you've got emerging market stocks year to date are still down, Ethan, at three point negative three point eight six percent. But do not give up on those guys. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, you know, I was just looking at the numbers between uh, now and September first. A couple of different emerging market asset classes. They're up about nine to ten percent, not including today, uh, since September first, where uh, things like U.S. stocks are basically up about two uh, percent for the same period. Interest rates bumped up a little since last week's show. Uh, five-year Treasury at one point point four three, up from one point three six last week. Um, I'm going to go through too many of these others. 30-year mortgages are still pretty low, average at 4.27%. And um, gold, Ethan, is down 22.89% for the year. Nice. So, I don't know what you have to say about all that. Well, it is what it is. Yeah? I think it just shows the markets are pretty unpredictable. Very unpredictable. Yeah. Very, very unpredictable, Ethan. Um, and that's why I, I, you know, I try to suggest that people don't react too severely or quickly to these temporary news events, uh, because unless you had a very short-term time horizon, more than likely we'll get through mm-hmm. these issues mm-hmm. and the market will uh, recover. Ethan, I think we need to take a quick break. When we come back, I, I'd like to turn our attention over to this uh, evaluation of futures funds. Uh, I know a lot of investors and investment advisors and brokers have been uh, promoting these types of funds. I want to I want to read through this Bloomberg article and talk about it. So we'll be right back on Empirical Investing Radio. business you'll find the experts here voice america business network are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm my name is simon Liu, portfolio manager with empirical wealth management inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307 that's 1-800-923-4307 or visit our website at empiricalfs.com that's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S dot com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. 
Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at empiricalfs.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Okay, we're back on Empirical Investing Radio. Your host here, Ethan Broga, alongside Ken Smith, entering our second segment of the day. Uh, I think for this episode, or this segment rather, we're going to talk about an article, um, talk about futures, it sounds like. Yeah, Eric sent me an interesting article. And I guess it's interesting to me because we have have avoided these types of funds. (laughs) Right. so let's just get that out and disclose that right now. We've avoided them because I really haven't been able to figure out why, with all of the costs that they impose, mm-hmm. how they would help. And I, I was uh, several years back at, in, in, in the midst of the crisis, and I was at this conference, and all these advisors were talking about how they're adding all these kinds of things. Um, sometimes it seems like we, we need to do something. We need to take a different strategy, or we need to try a different approach. And I can understand that. There's a psychology around that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. None of us want to stand, none of us feel comfortable sitting there with our hands tied while our investments decline in value. So the need for us as individuals and for the advisors out there to feel that I need to bring something to the client to, to make them feel that we're, do, we're making changes. The issue with that that I have is a lot of these pr- products, and we'll go through the article, I haven't even read it all, but... Uh, purport to do one thing that I find it very hard to believe that they will actually accomplish. Mm-hmm. So, or or what they are, what they are proposing, um, in one end may 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 be true. For example, hey, this investment has a little relationship to what's going on with the stock and bond market. That that could be a true statement. However, what it what it will actually do for you in the end, in terms of enhancing your return. Uh, is that is that as relevant to you, I guess, Ethan? If you have a negative return, so I can make that statement. Hey, this investment I'm I'm proposing to you has very little correlation or relationship to what's going on in our stock and bond markets. Well, does it? Does that mean the same thing? If in the end of the period, the next ten years, you you will lose money every year for holding that investment? Is this meaningful to you? Because <laughs> it's a true statement, right? It, right. And very little. It went straight down the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> if you go up and down like stocks or up and down like bonds, it just exactly. went straight down. And I think it's important to not only take – you have to really look at these things with a, a very skeptical eye. Yeah, yeah. So this article in Bloomberg was uh, October 7th by David Evans, How Investors Lose 89% of Gains from Futures Funds. 
The pitch was enticing at a time when stand, the Standard & Poor's had suffered a decline of 41% in the previous three years. None other than your favorite, Ethan, Morgan Stanley, mm-hmm. one of our usual suspects here, was offering its clients the possibility of some relief. Well, interesting. In a prospectus, the New York securities firm invited its customers to put their money into a little-known area of alternative investing called managed futures. Eric and I have been bombarded over the last several years with pushers of these managed futures products. If you've never diversified your portfolio beyond stocks and bonds, you should know about the powerful argument for managed futures, the bank wrote. Managed futures may potentially... Keyword here, Ethan, is potentially profit at times when traditional markets are experiencing losses. And that goes to what I exactly what I was saying. Well, that may be a true statement, right? It, any a variety of things could potentially profit at a time when when traditional markets decline, right? Yeah, it's it's possible that also that the the people who profit the most might be Morgan Stanley in that period of time. Well, brace yourself. We're going to get to that. <laughs> Morgan Stanley presented a chart telling investors that over 23 years, people who put 10% of their assets in managed futures outperformed those whose investments were limited to a combination of stocks and bonds. Bloomberg Markets Magazine will report in its November issue. Clients jumped in during the decade ending 2012 more than 30,000 investors entrusted Morgan Stanley with $797 million in a managed futures fund called the Morgan Stanley Smith Barney Spectrum Technical LP. The fund already had $341.6 million invested during the previous eight years. The top, top fund manager speculated with that cash in a wide range of asset classes in that period, the fund made $490.3 million in trading gains and money market interest income. So that doesn't sound too bad. They made $490 million, Ethan, but huh. hold the phone just for a second here. Okay. Let's not, uh, let's not jump out of the blocks too quickly. No gain, however. Investors who kept their money in the Spectrum Technical for the decade, however, reaped none of those returns. Exactly none. You'll get none. Really? Not one penny. Every bit of those profits and more was consumed by $498.7 million in what? In commissions, expenses, and fees paid to fund managers at Morgan Stanley. Oh, my gosh. Oh, by the way, imagine that you were put in that investment, which Morgan Stanley happily accepted the $498 million in commissions, expenses, and fees. But you had a separate advisor who also layered in some management fees on top of that for right. giving you the ability to, to, to participate in one of these funds. Mm-hmm. After all of that was, de- was deducted, investors ended up losing $8.3 million over the 10-year period. Had those Morgan Stanley investors placed their money instead in a low-fee index mutual fund such as, and I'm just going to say any S&P 500 fund, they would have reaped a net cumulative return of 96% in the same period. Oh my gosh. So instead of losing money after 10 years, you would have increased your initial investment by 96%. That's almost that's double. A, and that's a pretty tough decade. That's right? almost double, yeah. The powerful argument for managed future, uh, futures turned out to be good for brokers and fund managers, 
but not so good for investors. Do you want to comment on that? Ethan? You have any thought? I do have a thought on that. I, I, I'm. This is one of those things that is is probably not exclusive to this type of investment. Uh, a lot of times, I mean, in our experience, I don't know what that is exactly. Is that like some type of bat or something going crazy? Oh, I don't know. I'm just kidding. But yeah, there are, there are oftentimes, particularly after the fact, a lot of products that, that are created to solve yesterday's sort of problems. And they can be back-tested and so forth. And they look kind of good on paper. And certainly with the right type of uh, uh, of lens, they can be, be sold pretty easily. But in reality, um, they're not necessarily good for investors. And we talk about that often on the show, that a lot of times products being brought to market, particularly the more complex they are, favor the seller in most cases that I can think of anyway, not the purchaser. And that's, I think, definitely the case here. And I, I think it's easy, and oftentimes advisors that do realize or see beyond the marketing of these products, are it's they get maligned as they're behind the times, and this particular market time calls for a dynamic right. approach by an you know by a, a company that is ahead of the curve is, is current with the times, and they make it to seem that yeah you know the the old strategies don't work and i'm not saying that we don't that you shouldn't evolve with the research but what i'm saying is when someone creates a a product or brings it after the fact as a as a way of solving the previous problem that has very little very little evidence um that will add significant value after the expenses Mm -hmm. because that's where the issue is here's we'll go on to this the average expense that it that the investor is paying in this is somewhere over nine percent a year. Um, wow! So, or in bypassed utilizing investments, of, hey, th- this may make some sense. It, for example, would it make sense to buy an S and P five hundred stock mutual fund if they charged a ten percent per year annual fee? Right, right. Well, that as, as great as the stocks are, I could explain how stocks. And show you all kinds of data and graphs and charts of how stocks have outperformed any other major investment asset class over an 80-year period of time, blah, blah, blah. And it, it would be very difficult for you to produce counter evidence to that claim, right? Mm-hmm. However, what I might conveniently leave out is the fund. In order for you to get access to those stocks through me, I may charge you 9% a year to get it. Right. It Now, suddenly, you've took... You've taken an asset class that would have been otherwise great and said, geez, if I'm going to do that, if, if that's the case, I'd be far better served just buying treasury bonds. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't I? Mm-hmm. So let's proceed here with this and uh, continue to comment freely, Ethan. <laughs> All right. In the $337 billion managed futures market, return robbing fees like those are common. According to data filed with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission and compiled by Bloomberg, 89% of the $11.51 billion of gains in 63 managed future funds went to fees. Wow. So 89% of any of the, of the returns that they generated went to fees. Wow. Not to the investors that were invested in these. Commissions and expenses during the decade from January 1 of 2003 through December 31 of 2012. So if you were put into one of these particular funds, um, I'm going to hold that comment. Um, but 
Let's proceed. Okay. The funds held $13.65 billion of investor money at the end of last year. It's a lot of money, Ethan. Tons of money. According to the SEC filings, 29 of those funds left investors with losses. The $8.3 million loss in the Morgan Stanley Spectrum Technical Fund over a decade pales in comparison to an aggregate deficit of $1 billion in 29 Morgan Stanley and Citigroup Managed Futures Funds in the four years ending on December 31st, the filings show. Those funds charge investors a total of $1.5 billion in fees. Well, it's really true. I mean, the only people making money there is uh, the fund company, obviously. Morgan Stanley and Citigroup merged their funds management in 2009. They make one happy fee-taking uh, family there. <laughs> and what if they doubled the fee? Morgan Stanley bought out City Share in, in June. Okay. The big okay. news here is that the fees are so outlandish, they can actually wipe out all the profits, says Bart Chilton, one of the five members of the Commodities Futures Trading Commission. Even though the CFTC oversees managed futures, Chilton says... He hadn't been aware of the effects of the high cost for investors. We, quote, we absolutely need to do a better job of letting consumers know in plain English what's going on. Those numbers tell a story. It's astounding. That's for sure. The impact of high fees on, on investors has escaped the notice, not only of regulators, but also some industry executives. And uh, the Morgan Stanley Spectrum Technical Fund opened in 1994 under the leadership of then-CEO Philip Purcell, he was succeeded in 2005 by John Mack, who spent most of his career at Morgan Stanley. James Gorman, who replaced Mack in 2009, joined Morgan Stanley from Merrill Lynch in 2006. A prospectus pitching the Spectrum Fund issued in 2003 said the firm would accept investments as low as $2,000 for individual retirement accounts. Sounds like a roundup of the usual suspects there. So, what We've got to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll finish up this article and try to put it into perspective on how, when I say, you know, making a lifetime of smarter decisions, it's not enough to identify this one um, atrocious, egregious abuse here. It, how can you use that to avoid any future things like this? So we'll be right back on Empirical Investing Radio. the boardroom to you voice america business network are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm my name is simon Liu, portfolio manager with empirical wealth management inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307 that's 1-800-923-4307 or visit our website at empiricalfs.com that's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S dot com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network.
You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. All right, we're back, Empirical Investing Radio. Your host here, Ethan Broga, alongside Ken Smith. And just a reminder, if you'd like to join the show, feel free to give us a call or shoot us an email. We can be reached at contact at empiradio.com or 866-472-5790. And Ken, just one more other thing before we, we begin with the, the third segment here. Just a reminder to everybody out there, if you're, uh, we, we have a, a Six Secrets of Retirement Success seminar coming up again October 26th at 11 a.m., up at the Edmonds Conference Center, and uh, attendance is free if you'd like to come. Just go to our website and uh, make a reservation. We'd love to have you there. All right, Ken, um, talking about how investors lost 89% of gains by investing in some futures funds here. Let's let's continue this conversation. So where we were leaving off uh, the paragraph titled Historically High, and this is a Bloomberg article, October 7th, David Evans, and um, fees associated with managed Futures across the industry have been historically high. That's a quote um, from Jockle. And uh, brokers have an incentive to keep clients in managed futures funds because they receive commissions annually of up to 4% of the assets invested. Wow. So that, that's what the, the, the actual broker, the stockbroker working at, at these organizations is getting now now brace yourself for this Ethan okay investors pay as much as 9% in total fees each year including charges by the general partners and fund managers holy moly i mean i think it's crazy to pay you know a 5.75% load on an, on an american fund or something like that but at least that's one time yeah you know? and here you're talking about 9% in total fees each year that seems very excessive. i mean it's it's pretty egregious. How much money do these guys really have to make on wow. a single investor before it's before they say, "Hey, this is ridiculous." <laughs> I can't believe and, it. And how do they expect to add any value in the investment when they're subtracting nine percent a year? Wow. I can't. It's hard for me to believe that these things. I mean, I guess it's not really hard to believe anymore because like, we see it all the time. That, but these things are are prominent and. And basically, out there by very large companies, companies that are around for decades, sometimes hundreds of years, and it's surprising me that they can still do this type of thing. Well, it says people put money into these managed futures because their brokers recommended them, according to Thomas Shanice, hmm. a finance professor at the University of Massachusetts Amherst, who was a futures manager from 2004 to 2010. Quote, everything is marketing, he says, getting out there and pushing it. These things are sold, not bought. Brokers right. pit, brokers pitch, broker pitches that don't clearly tell investors about the drastic effect of fees should be considered fraudulent. So when they were presenting that research that an investor with 10% in these managed futures investments over the last 23 years had done better than investors who did not have it, I wonder if they were subtracting out 9% a year from the futures returns. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Let's see. Wish we could find that out. That's the way you do it. 
<laughs> I don't think so. Okay, brokers' uh, pitches don't clearly tell about the effect of fees. Well, that's that's pretty obvious. And license to steal. Otherwise, the pitch is a half-truth, he says. The government is to blame for allowing these products to be offered with inadequate disclosure, Cox says. I would call it a license to steal, he says. Because the managed futures market is opaque and poorly understood, otherwise sophisticated investors don't realize how pervasive the profit-eating fees are. The firms marketing the funds are at times also left in the dark. The industry refers to the computer computers programmed with trading algorithms as black boxes. Some banks say they can't see into the boxes of their tra- <laughs> of the traders they hired. Wow. Particularly given the black box character of managed future strategies, it is virtually impossible for the manager to detect strategy changes. Bank of America Corp's Merrill Lynch says in August 2010 SEC registration for its Systematic Momentum Future Access LLC. 7,752 investors in that fund faced losses of $135.3 million after fees from 2009 to 2012, according to the data from Merrill's SEC filings. Merrill's spokesman, Bill Halden, declined to comment. You don't want to talk about it. I'm not interested in discussing this. (laughs) Shocking. So, you know, Ethan, I'd like to hear from you before we... Need to go on much further? Sure, sure. I mean, gosh, there's lots of things here. I think, you know, what what does the individual investor take away from this conversation? Is it, hey, I shouldn't be in managed futures? Is is that really what we're trying to get across here? And I think, obviously, the answer is no. It isn't just about managed futures. It's about working in an investment environment that allows this type of stuff to happen in the first place. And knowing that you should know, if you don't know, you have a choice out there, right? There are different ways of doing business. This is really the, the more or less traditional model, right? of the old-style um, Wall Street brokerage firm. The investment banking Yeah, you, you've seen the movies out there, right? model. Taking advantage of folks, uh, that sort of thing. There is a different way of doing business out there, and it, it's really, the, in, in a way, how we're set up. I mean, we're registered investment advisors here, and we, can we were talking about this before the show, hey, we have to act as fiduciaries. Would a fiduciary do this type of thing? No. Shouldn't I can't believe that would happen. Certainly doesn't happen with us. I think everybody's on the same type of regulations and rules. I, I, well, I would be very interested in how many of the brokers that were selling these um, would would invest knowing that they themselves would be paying 9% a year. Yeah, sure, right. Would they pay 9% a year to right. own these funds mm-hmm. if they were reasonably educated on capital markets and right. how to invest? Yeah, probably not. How many of them would do that? And I think that's the key issue you're getting at. Right. Um, you know, would the executives of the of these various companies would they put a great portion of their money into a fund that was charging them nine percent a year, with no real guarantee, and in my view, um, expectation of getting better than market returns? You know, if you said hey, the market over the long run had done ten percent, and if you're paying nine percent fee in these managed futures, that means they need to do nineteen percent just to be on par. Mm-hmm. Now, the argument they like to make may be, well, there's some value in the fact that it doesn't go down at a time when the traditional stock market goes down. And again, that may be true, but that's only half of the story. There's another half of the story, which is what's the long-term return I expect to get 
And not only net of their 9% fee, but taxes Mm -hmm. in a particular taxable account. Right. If you are invested in any of these things, um, I think what we're saying is, why allow yourself when any of us that are independent advisors, and there's thousands of us now out there, right, um, have access to any of these types of investments, but we don't get paid four percent a year from the investment. And I'm not. It's hard to it's hard to blame the broker, I guess, to some degree when he for selling something like that. If that's the only way he believes he has to feed his family, I just think it's a flawed model. There's yeah. plenty of work to be done. That's the bigger issue, right? In our industry, and there are plenty of ways to earn a reasonable living providing people with good advice that doesn't require you to basically, in essence, as according to the article, rip them off or steal, basically, legal license to steal. Right. Um, mm-hmm. It is very egregious. It's very upsetting that the marketing power that, and I'm not... I don't want to sing on any one particular company, but the marketing power that these Wall Street firms have, they can almost throw anything out there and with the way they incent their sales force and, the, and their uh, reach, they can sell it and make sell, sell, sell. billions of dollars. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty frustrating from where I sit. Sure. Ethan? Yeah, I mean, that's an important part. I think if, if you are a person out there who is with you know, a traditional firm and, and have been with them for some time, uh, boy, I think I'd take a second look on the options out there that are available to you as an individual investor to utilize a service from which the person you're working with does not get compensation from the products that they put you in. I think that one single thing, if I had to encapsulize this conversation... That would be the very first thing I would say. Because in that way, what they'll do most likely then is get you into the, the lowest cost of, uh, available funds out there um, and that are likely you know, to, to do well, I think, relative to being forced to use funds that, hey, they receive compensation. And in fact, the more compensation they receive, the more likely they are to, to recommend them. That's, that's a flawed model, as you said. You have a choice. You don't have to do it that way. I can't argue with that, even. So if you are in that situation and you have any of these types of funds, I would recommend you give us a call. Sure. Let us look at your entire portfolio because if this exists, it's highly likely there are other things going on inside your portfolio that also could be improved upon. Mm-hmm. And um, how how these types of investments get put into an, a particular account always amazes me as well. And um, in my view of how this world makes recommendations, it's very investment-specific, and it's not a holistic overview of, hey, we're designing a portfolio that has different investment assets. Well, whatever comes along, if, if it seems reasonable, we'll just throw it into the portfolio. It doesn't hurt that we also get a huge fee for doing that. Right. Um, and real quick to finish it up on this, and then we'll we'll move on to something something else, I guess, for the last segment either. Okay. But the numbers I, I had uh, before I even read this, I had said, "Hey, I wonder if they're deducting the fees." Well, they go on to explain in the Bloomberg article here that uh, the numbers that they're getting come from a, a small company in Fairfield, Iowa, called Barclay Hedge Limited, and um, they talk about uh, how the funds the the numbers are misleading, um, and maybe we'll 
we got to take a quick break. When we come back, I'll explain that, and then we'll we'll move on in our last segment. We'll be right back on Empirical Investing Radio. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. All right, thank you for joining us. This is uh, Ethan Broga with... uh Empirical Investing Radio, alongside Ken Smith here. Uh, this is our last segment of the show today, and Ken, I think we're just going to wrap up our conversation on the uh, the egregious article we found, uh, how investors lost 89% of their gains in futures. Um, any parting comments on this? Yeah, so I was just saying, Ethan, there. where do they get the data that was presented, and I think this is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, the data that was presented to investors by Morgan Stanley in the beginning of this article they got from this company Barclay Hedge. Well, one of the let's go through some of the flaws in, in the data. They do not deduct the billions of dollars of fees that the funds charge. So when they're providing that data, which really? is my suspicion, I can't believe now that. confirmed. I can't believe it. They're not deducting those fees, right? It uses information, and this is very interesting, volunteered by managed futures traders. Traders can stop providing data if their system starts to lose money or collapses, says Barclay Hedge President Sol Waxman. Same issue when I was researching hedge funds about 13 years ago or more, mm-hmm. that I was finding and trying to get any historical data on the hedge fund group as an asset class, and it's a voluntary, it was a voluntary system that hedge fund managers could volunteer, and they could opt out. Well, if you were a manager and you had above average performance, you would want to volunteer and get that re- that performance recorded. Of course. The moment you didn't, uh, and these hedge fund guys are infamous for this, especially if they have a uh, hurdle yeah. rate to, you know, if if they have a, uh, 
when they're collecting their performance fee, um, it's easier for them to just shut the fund down and start a new one. Mm-hmm. And people seem to be all too willing to put millions and billions of dollars. Um, I was just reading there's an, one of the analysts, Meredith something, um, is starting her own futures fund. I just heard on the radio yesterday. Meredith Whitney? Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Okay. But don't, I'll verify okay. that for our next program. But I guarantee she'll have no problem getting hundreds of millions of dollars right off the bat in this fund that more than likely has no evidence that anyone should put money into. Right. And here they're talking about the data that these guys provided, right? Uh, even with its flaws, Walkman says the industry it is the industry benchmark. Investors need to look more than just this index. They've got to accept some blame for going into something without any knowledge, he says. Managed futures funds are a subset of hedge funds. Well, that's what I was just saying. They are, they are run by so-called commodity trading advisors, or CTAs, who these days invest largely in financial futures. While hedge funds typically charge a 2% management fee and 20% of the investor profits, mm-hmm. a managed futures fund often duns clients 7 to 9% of assets invested annually and a 20% of any profits fee. Wow. So what I'm saying about that is you have to approach anyone presenting data on a particular investment where the fees are north of 7 to 9% with the 20% participation on the profit, I'd want to be very careful about where that data is coming from. Is it coming from an independent research resource? Right, right. And if it is, then how are they collecting that data? Because that was the problem. This very problem was the problem I was running into and trying to ascertain if you're going to buy hedge funds, does it make sense? And how will any of the outperformance that some of these managers have accomplished in the past, how will they be able to do it in the future mm-hmm. in such a way that all the losers in the group, uh, we wouldn't be subjecting investors to that? And what are the multiple layers of fees? Because the data in the past doesn't always accurately account for that. Wow. So you just have to know that. And I would... I think for the average person, my advice is you don't need to worry about trying to know all of that. But what you do need to do is get someone who's on an independent expert that's not in a position to earn a large commission by selling you that investment to give you independent third-party uh, researcher has done that research and right. has an incentive because if, if they earned, if you were in the fund for 10 years and the broker was earning 4% a year and the company's and the fund managers earning nine percent. They've just earned, you know, thir- what fifty plus years of of a regular advisor's fee. They don't. <laughs> they don't care at this point. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, they don't care that you're no longer invested in the fund, or even if you move your account away from them. Although, which I would, if I was put into something like this, is my personal. Thing. If I was put into something like that that was charging those types of fees, and I had. Lost money for 10 years straight, in large part because of the fees that were being put pulled out of this. Mm-hmm. And it was sold to me based on flawed data here. I have a hard time continuing the relationship. I wouldn't want to work with a company who has that, that as a possibility of, a, of occurring, let alone if it happened to me. You know, if I had a choice, and, and you do, if you're out there with any of these companies, you have a choice of who you work with. And there are companies that don't operate this way out there. Lots of them, in fact. So, Wow. That's all I have to say about that. Okay. we got a couple minutes here before the end of the show. I think uh, 
at the end of last week's show, we were talking about some tax strategies and things as the uh, year comes to an end. And uh, I don't, one of those things we didn't talk about specifically, I think, was the idea of, um, of realizing gains on purpose. Now, it, it, this is actually one of the, the six secrets of retirement success, but there's a special clause in the tax code that says if you are in the 15% tax bracket or less uh, and you realize long-term capital gains, guess what? You'll, you'll pay no tax up to that uh, your filing limit. So if you're married filing jointly, the limit's uh, $72,500. So anything south of that in terms of gains, it'll be tax-free for you, which is pretty amazing. Um, but in essence, it allows you to get a, get a, a step a free step up in basis. Mm. So it's kind of a neat tax strategy for those who are in that situation. Um, and indeed, looking forward, if, if you're not in that situation currently, but perhaps you're close, there are things you can do to um, sort of shoehorn yourself into that situation, if you will. A couple of things. One of them is if you have bonds in your taxable account, well, you can use municipal bonds, right, to avoid taxable income there. Right. That's one idea. Uh, obviously, you also control when you realize capital gains, right? Right. So you have some 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 influence year to year as to how much you realize in gains in any given period of time. So obviously, you can optimize that for your own tax situation. If you don't currently work with an, or you don't know how to do that, don't work with an advisor who does. Uh, by all means, we'd happily get together with you and, and just take a look and show you how that actually works. And then you can take the information and do it yourself if you want, or obviously you'd like to, to work with us, and that's fine as well. But uh, anyway, you want to know about that and take advantage if you can. Well, that's good to know, Ethan. That's definitely good to know. Yeah, good stuff. Um, obviously, there's other things. The opposite end of that would be things like tax loss harvesting, right? If you have some securities that have gone, gone down this year, um, specifically perhaps emerging markets, I know those haven't done well this year on the total. Uh, boy, you should, you should realize those losses in taxable accounts just to get those on the books. And, uh, you know, you, never, you can always use those uh, to offset future gains later as well. So another year-end tax strategy. That's actually something we do uh, on an ongoing basis, not just at the year-end, mm-hmm. but throughout <clears throat> the year. I see. So that applies with uh, bonds, perhaps, as well. Gee, if you own some bonds in a taxable account, you know, I know that June and, and May wasn't very good for bonds in general. Um, don't be afraid to realize those losses. Just replace those funds that you had with a, a, a somewhat similar fund in terms of uh, credit quality or, or maturity, and that way you'll maintain your consistent exposure there. Just some ideas for the year-end here. Well, again, Ethan, in the last couple of minutes, I just want to invite our listeners, if you want to talk to Ethan and I during the week, you can call us here at the firm at 1-800-923-4307. It's 1-800-923-4307. You can send me an email directly, and my email address is ksmith at empirical.net. Empirical is spelled E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L. It's a little disconcerting there. Uh, empirical, that's ksmith at empirical.net. And you can also email Ethan at... ebroga, E-B-R-O-G-A, at empirical.net as well. And either of us would be happy to speak with you. And we'd love to hear, um, you know, we'd love to hear experiences that you had with your investment journey. So things that you've done personally that have worked, maybe things that haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, always interested and willing to help look at how you're structuring your retirement portfolio and um, we'd love to do that so give us a call otherwise we'll be on again next thursday same time same place Ethan. have a great week and thanks for tuning in to empirical investing radio
hope you've enjoyed Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and Ethan Broga. Please join us again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And for more information about Empirical Investing Radio, please call 800-923-4307. We'll see you next week. 